Welcome, everyone, to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity, and we come together from different backgrounds, places, and stages in life. We focus on what unites us, being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, welcome to another installment of our Inspired Jewish Woman weekly podcast. Today, I have a friend that I don't think I've had the pleasure of meeting in person yet. Hey, Sherry. Hey, (laughs) good to see you. Sherry Levy, I feel like you are my soul sister, the two Levy sisters. We even pronounce Levy the same way. So nice. Thank you for joining us all the way from sunny California. Yes, hot, hot and sunny California. We're happy to be here, I think. Well, welcome, Sherry. It's such an honor to have you here. Every conversation we've had has been a learning opportunity. You have so much wealth of knowledge and experience, and I'm excited to introduce you to my viewers and my listeners and our community of Inspired Jewish Women. So welcome. I'm just going to introduce you with a short bio. So Sherry was a former entertainment marketing and partnership executive, and she left that world for the world of healing, the healing that literally saved your life. And you've been on this different path right now to sharing this healing and this this power with women that could share and heal their families and their communities. And it's been quite a shift in your life. But I'm happy to be on the shift, you know. Happy to be living my purpose, as they say. So amazing. Thank you. And, you know, when you live your life so fully and you shine so brightly, it has tremendous ripple effects on the world around you. And I think we all need a lot of healing right now, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And you're kind of doing all of that. It's like holistic work that you're doing. It's not just changing your eating habits, but it's also changing your mindset. And it's just such a beautiful, healthy, and Jewish approach to how we're supposed to live our lives. You know, it's interesting because I'm newly into my Judaism. I would say for my life, I probably have been like borrowing my Judaism from my husband, right, and his family. But for like the last nine years, I've been really fully active into my Judaism, which has been tremendously helpful in my own healing, as you know, from breast cancer. It was really during that period of time as I was using my functional medicine background to help myself heal that I started to see the parallels in Judaism with the healing modalities, the choices, the steps, the active steps that you need to do to repair your body. And I was like, wow, this is familiar. Oh, they do this in the Torah. My teacher was telling me about this. So, you know, it's not verbatim, but very, very close parallels from Judaism that you can actively use to help yourself heal on your journey. And then, of course, some very specific holistic, if you will, or functional medicine, depending on what you call it, 
steps that you can take and we should all be taking and we should all be talking about to help our healing. And what I like to say, make sure we're living a sexy, strong life. Wow. So I really love the fact that you could connect the different worlds. Like your Judaism was a part of your life and your functional medicine and holistic healing was another part, but to bring them together when it just clicks and it feels like this makes so much sense. It all goes hand in hand. That's a beautiful moment. And I'm sure that was a tremendous point in your life. It was definitely reassuring. I'll tell you that. It was definitely reassuring that I was on the right path. It was like, okay, Okay, this is familiar. These steps are true. So I want to hear a little bit about your Jewish path, because I know that going back, how we know each other is that we're both products and alumni of the Momentum trips, the JWRP Jewish Women's Renaissance Project trips to Israel. And when Sherry came into my life, I mean, I think I found you on Facebook and we connected maybe a year or two ago and I've been watching you and watching the beautiful creative challahs that you make every week and you're giving these master classes on challah making, which is a passion of mine for so many years. So I've been watching and who is this gorgeous, strong, powerful, empowering woman? I want to get close to you. And God really put us together in a very profound and special way. I just want to share the moment that I realized that this is a gift in my life, that you're part of my life right now. It's because when we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago, it was the day that I was waiting to get my results from a biopsy that was taken a few days before that to see if I had breast cancer. So I'm a daughter of a cancer survivor. My mother had breast cancer twice. So for me, it's always been in the back of my mind. When is it going to happen for me? And this fear that I held. And actually, when I was on the table having the biopsy done, and during COVID, I couldn't bring anyone with me. I had to go alone with a mask. And it was just such a cold experience. And When I finished the procedure, the nurse, who was very kind, she said to me, well, you could check this off of your bucket list. And it's as if she went into my purse and read my bucket list, because I think when I was 15 years old, I had just checked off that one day down my life path, I'm going to be where my mother was, dealing with these struggles, these genetic struggles, this Ashkenazi gene that is so prevalent, is it one out of six or one out of eight Ashkenazi Mm. Jewish women are diagnosed with breast cancer? Is it one out of six? Well, it's one out of eight women total that get breast cancer. But it's important to recognize that really only 4% of cancers are genetic. So 96% of cancers are environmental. Hmm. You have a greater chance of getting breast cancer or a cancer or autoimmune disease just from the environment, lifestyle, and how you choose to feed or not feed yourself. So, you know, the rest of the world has a greater risk than what we see as 4% possibly genetic. And even then, if you're a part of the 4%, 73% likelihood that you can turn it all around and not even go down that path because our genes are fluid, right? We can change them. We can shape them. We can restructure them. We can strengthen them. 
if we are taught early on how to do it and how to see the signs. So what you had, my sweet, beautiful sister, is a wake-up call on many, many levels. One is you have to stop believing that is your destiny because the mind is very powerful. And we don't have to go into the theory behind the placebo effect. Everybody has grown up understanding the placebo effect, right? So the mind is very, very powerful. So that's a part of the healing journey is to really heal that trauma in your childhood. I don't want to jump in your story because it's so important because so many women have the same track running in their head until one day you say, aha, I knew it. Hmm. I knew that was going to happen. Well, we need to change the track. Right. I think this is a Tony Robbins quote. He says, divorce your story and marry the truth. (laughs) Yes. But the truth, right, is what you believe it to be. So I would go even further. I would say divorce your story and rebuild your truth. Well, I must say in that moment when we spoke on that day that I felt so paralyzed with fear, you gave me strength. And what I decided after getting off the phone with you was whatever happens, I'm going to fight this. And whatever happens, I'm not just going to be a victim of my genetics and my past and my story. I'm going to move forward in a strong and powerful way. And I'm going to, I'm going to you know, walk into whatever the future holds with a lot of strength. Because when I made the phone call to get the results, I said a prayer to God that I should have the strength to get through whatever's on the other side of this phone call. And it was, as you said, a wake-up call. Thank God the results came back benign. And I just feel a stronger resolve to move forward with my life, with my habits, with my choices in a way that will not only help me, but help my family and my community and all the Jewish women that are touched by my light. And here I am trying to inspire women in their Judaism, but this is so vital in our Judaism. This is like core and fundamental to living a full, as you say, strong and sexy and healthy life. (laughs) This is at the core. It is. And honestly, it's what we need to be teaching our children. We have just become a very kind of complacent, add water, you know, we're just not thinking kind of society. And I got to tell you, Eve, I had the same opportunity to recognize the signs and to wake up, as you said, but I didn't know how to wake up. So we walk out of a mammogram thinking we don't have cancer, but the reality is, is we just can't see it yet. So my cancer didn't just appear. It didn't just like puff, you know, oh, I went and had a test and it appeared. It had been growing for 10 years prior, undetected. And we know this because we can take, you know, the size of the tumor and look at how fast the cells are growing. We call it proliferating. And we can do the math and see when it actually started. So if someone would have said to me, if we would have used, then they're far more sensitive tests than a mammogram, which quite honestly can be quite harmful. You're getting a dose of radiation to a young breast at a very early time in your life. But anyway, we have smarter tests. 
and we don't really understand the wake-up call because we haven't been given the steps to identify what we should do. So let me just say this. When you have the blessing of having a benign biopsy come back, right? Somehow that's a blessing. It's really saying to you, it's really asking you, well, why do I even have anything in my breast that is confusing? Like, why should there be anything? So we have to explore, why should there be anything? And often as we start to dig down, we see very specific nutritional deficiencies also coming from the Jewish community, right? Very specific lack of iodine you know, low D3, very specific, you know, nutrients, omegas, B vitamins that we need, zinc in our bodies to help us to be strong. And when we start to fill those up properly for ourselves, eating our right diet that is genetically true to us, then these expressions, these genes that were once broken, if you will, they start to turn off and come back like the Legos, you know, and fit side by side with one another and they grow our strength. But we have to identify these holes so that we can fill them up and repair and move on. Wow. So tell us a little bit about how you healed yourself. Where to begin? I feel overwhelmed with all the information out there about healthy eating and the oils. And I think information, it changes. I mean, what are the truths out there? What are the bottom line truths to really being a healthy woman? Right. I call it going down into the rabbit hole, right? You go down the rabbit hole, you get lost. You don't know what to believe. We do not know what to believe. And that is our biggest challenge, right? So I'll tell you that, you know, this is where God comes in because I don't believe that, you know, God gave me this cancer. I believe he rather gave me the tools so that I could repair the cancer so that I could stand here and share this information with you. He brought the people into my world. He set me on a track. Three years before my cancer was detected, he was already put me on the organic track you know, I literally put the large industrial trash can in my kitchen. And I started to, for the first time, really look at the labels and ask myself, is this food? You know, is this God or is this man? Really, that's kind of what you have to ask. So anyway, I was already on the track three years before starting to clean out my environment. I didn't know what to do. There was nobody in my space. There was like maybe one organic restaurant, right? But I had taken my kids out of this genetically modified food, out of the science experiment, and started to clean house, really primarily to save them, to help heal their rashes, to help heal their you know, foggy brain, or my son's brain was like running a, a million miles a minute, to help my daughter with her you know, stomach pains and her eczema. And my family started to heal and I went into nutrition, but not like guessing nutrition, genetic nutrition, nutrigenomics, which is your nutrition on your genes bio-individually for you. Seems so, like you went into this, you went down this path because of your children. It was almost as if you were trying to save them, not realizing that this was going to save you. 
we have this saying in Hebrew, in Judaism, that God provides the refua lifnei hamaka, which is the medicine before the illness. It's always there, the medicine, the antidote, the answer is there. It's been there all along, but we have to kind of see it. I actually used that same sentence in a different way. I used it as, you know, God gives you the tools, right? Mm -hmm. He gives you the tools before he gives you your greatest challenge, right? So I really do believe that that's where God is. God is in all the tools. He's not in the destruction. So the short of it is that with this level of knowledge that I was gathering and healing and certifications and education, when I had my biopsy at that time, I was just like, you know, I have fibrous breasts. This is my thing. I'm fine. I didn't think at all that I would have any illness because I really truly believed I was healthy. But when I got that call that, you know, this is invasive ductal carcinoma, ERPR positive, those are like all the buzzwords. I was like, why? You know, why? I was on my Jewish journey at that time. And I was looking for, well, what is the message? There's no coincidence. What is the message? And to me at that time, the message was, I need to heal myself, you know, put my money where my mouth is, so to speak, because I've been telling everybody that they had to get healthier, that they need to put that industrial trash can in their kitchen. And I needed to heal myself so that that would give me some form of credibility so people would listen to me so that I could help others repair. And I made a pact with God on that day that, all right, I get it. I'm going to let you guide me through this. You bring me the people that I need so that I can use the information I need to heal myself. And I said, I can't save the world. So I'm just going to start with the Jewish women. (laughs) And there's so much awareness that needs to be brought to the Jewish community. You know, Mm -hmm. speaking to you is such a breath of fresh air. And I know that these are concepts, the ones that you are teaching me are not something that come naturally to me. It's not something that was a part of my upbringing or my education system. Mm -hmm. So I think this awareness is just so valuable Mm -hmm. right now, Sherry. And I thank you for stepping up on behalf of all the Jewish women of the world, because this is what we need right now. We need to raise the next generation of healthy, strong women and children and men also. We need to kind of pull our families together. So, and when you have a strong woman, she'll inspire and change her family and then go on and change her community and ultimately change the world. So this is what you're doing. Right. You have to definitely lead by example. And I'm just going to tell you that I didn't start making challah until I was brought to Israel and there was a challah class. When I took my family organic, out went the Chinese food, out went the weekly, you know, fast food meals, like out went all the different cultures of food, because whatever I knew how to cook is what we were eating at the time. So I had to teach myself to become a master of all cuisines so that my family didn't feel cheated. And the reason that I elevate everything and then I make everything as gorgeous as I possibly can is because I want them to feel like they have something really special so that they don't think that they need to dip into a food that is unhealthy. Right. That's so important. I feel 
that it kind of parallels with my mission in life to put so much joy into my Judaism. I want my own children not to feel that they're lacking. I don't want them to be looking at the glistening Christmas lights and thinking, oh, how come we don't celebrate that holiday? I want to really infuse so much excitement into our Hanukkah so they never feel like they're lacking. So I really understand where the energy and the push has come from for you to really throw yourself into creating beautiful and healthy foods for your family. You know, challah is something that a lot of Jewish women enjoy making. And I do make challah every week and I do try to use top ingredients, but I'd like to hear a little bit more what you're using in your challah. And I do feel strongly that not only is challah bread that is nourishing the body, you know, not just something that you're eating physically, but it's something that is nourishing the soul. So tell us a little bit more about what you're putting into your chalot, just because I think we could all make small tweaks and changes and take it from good to great. Well, you know, let me just say this, and I'll definitely share with you, you know, my recipe and, and what I do. But let me just say that intention and energy is everything. Because we know as a society that bread is not for everyone. I'm living in a house with a daughter who is gluten intolerant, right? And we know that certain types of modern grains that are stripped of everything and just become, you know, white paste that sits on a shelf for years is not nutrition. It's just stuff. So we can bring stuff together to create something, but it's not going to be for everyone and it certainly isn't going to heal you, right? Mm -hmm. So if we want to bring in this original tradition of challah, then we have to think, well, what is challah? What were the original ingredients? How were they created? How can we elevate them so that they are going to be healing? Now we know back to the very first part of our conversation, and then I'll jump in. We were talking about the power of placebo, right? The power of belief. So it's important that you believe. You do the best you can until you can do better. But you believe that what you're giving yourself is nourishment, right? Because the body is listening and the body is smart and the body is working and it will help you to take out chemicals. That's what our liver is doing. But if we overwhelm it every single day, we're eating the entire loaf, like that's not going to do it. We're meant to enjoy, but not to be gluttonous, right? We have to recognize that there is a difference between real ingredients and fake ingredients that are made to look like it's something we should buy, right? Because everybody else has it, it's affordable, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's real. It's overwhelming to think of the millions of dollars that are poured into marketing. I mean, you were in that world, you know this firsthand, and psychological implications that the world and all the messages are giving us. So it's hard to find that middle road. It is because we're taught that, you know, blank is the real thing (laughs) and it's not. And we have beautiful celebrities endorsing things that are just incredibly toxic. 
So what I do is I try to get as close to the truth as I can. And certainly, you know, heirloom wheat that is stone ground fresh, that's the real wheat. You know, that wheat has B vitamins in it, right? That's real. And you make it and you bake it and there's food there. But we don't have that luxury all the time to have stone ground wheat, right? So we do the best we can. I like to choose an organic heirloom flour, something from a small company that's family owned that takes pride in their flour. That's like the best I can do. I look for real oil because on the market, oil is not necessarily what you're buying. I use farm fresh egg that's pasture centered and then filtered water, not tap water. And I'm using, you know, real yeast and either raw organic honey that's from a small farmer because we know that 70% of the mass produced honey is predominantly corn syrup, you know, and then of course we've got, you know, good yeast, you know, that does its job. The whole purpose of yeast is so that it will eat up all of the sugar that we put in. It will eat up the gluten if we allow it to have a long rise. And so now we're getting something that's closer to what our body can recognize. Mind-blowing. I make so much challah. I'm writing notes and I'm taking down all these tips. I'm wondering, I mean, is there a big shift in cost when you use such high-quality ingredients? Eat less. Mm. That's the thing. Now, sure, there's going to be a shift in cost because these are real ingredients. And we have been trained not to spend money on food, spend money on clothes, but don't spend money on food. They say there's a saying, pay the farm or pay the pharmacy. And I always say, I don't wear Prada shoes. I have Prada food. I'm not looking for the most expensive food. I'm just looking for real food and I'm willing to pay more for it because this is my family I'm trying to protect. You know, what I do in my practice is I sit down with my clients for three hours and we go from the birth. We go from what was your mother's diet? Were you vaginal? Were you cesarean? Were you breastfed? Were you bottle fed? We come from there all the way to present day. And so, If you unravel that and you start people on the right path, then they are less likely to be sitting in your office. And that's my goal. That's amazing. I mean, I think of the very well-known saying, you are what you eat, but you also are your choices. I mean, and going back to even before you made your choices, your mother made choices. And I guess what you're saying is wherever you're at to kind of stop and to realize and to recognize and then to decide how you're going to move forward. We're not a victim of our circumstances and to choose how to move forward and how to move our families forward in a healthy way. Yeah. It's not the body that betrays you. It's never our body's fault. It's not our body that's betraying us in any illness even autoimmune. It's not our body betraying us. It's that we just accidentally, indirectly, unintentionally have gotten on the wrong path, don't have the right nutrients, have put in too many chemicals and toxins, and our body just can't 
keep up. So it expresses in a disease or a disorder that it just can't fix. And we just have to say, because I know we're going to run out of time and I know we can talk for like at least three hours, but I want to leave your listeners with some really active steps, right? You know, there's nine active steps in healing, but there's five levels of healing. But just to kind of quickly go through, of course, you know, the first step is to clean up, clean up everything that you can see, whether that's your nutrition, your world around you, your metals, your dental amalgam fillings or root canals that are infected, you know, if you need proper supplementation, like clean up, figure out who you are and how you eat. Stop guessing if you're keto, vegan, paleo, or vegetarian, just have a nutrigenomic test and figure it out and eat that way. And then you have to open your energy. That may be that you might need to have some acupuncture. You may need to fix some injuries. You may need to heal some scars. Because remember, we're electromagnetic creatures. So when you go and you see your heart on an EKG, right, or your mind on an EGG, those are energy waves. So get the wireless, you know, plugs out of your ears, open up your energy. And that's where the disconnect from the Wi-Fi comes in. You know, we are in this modern world, but often people who are really draggy, really fatigued. I say, two weeks, go camping. Tell me how you feel. They come back. They feel great. They need to unplug. That wireless energy around you is damaging your cells. So you have to separate from it. You have to bring in exercise. We really just need 30 minutes. You don't have to be like crazy about it, but you have to walk or bounce or dance because you're draining your lymphatic system from your brain to your toes. And those lymph nodes that are behind your breasts, right? We need to drain them and they drain by bouncing. Also, when you're exercising, you're helping these reactions, these enzymatic reactions create. They're helping you to sleep better later on. So we need to exercise. We need to bring nature in. You know, some people say meditate. I say sit in nature, watch nature. That's a form of meditation. Garden, bring in those real probiotics into your world. Take a walk without your shoes, get grounded. That's your ancestral real you. And then of course, laugh, laugh, laugh. Never go to bed after watching a scary movie. Always go to bed laughing. Bring joyful people into your world. Unpack that baggage of trauma, right? Because trauma at an early age, you must unravel it and put it to sleep, so to speak, so that you can leave it behind you and open up. It not only opens up your energy, but it sets you up for a good future. And sometimes that trauma can be past generational. So that's a topic for another day. And then you actively have to have purpose. That's what keeps us here. Even if it's the purpose to go on vacation, you need to have purpose. And you need to also activate your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind will guide you. It's always active. It knows what to do. You need to learn how to tap into it to help guide you. And the last one, of course, is faith. We have to believe in a higher power greater than ourselves, a higher power that is on our side, a higher power that is bringing the tools to us to help us solve our biggest challenge. We have to have faith that there's no coincidences, that we are in this place for a reason. We must then elevate it 
and make it better. So those are the nine steps of really healing in the course I took. Wow, Sherry, this is so powerful. I, I want to ask you if you could be my Robinson. This is just transformational. A lot of them are very basic ideas. Like, you know, we all know these things, but the way that you put it and bring it down, it just makes it feel tangible. Like it's in our reach. How can we hear more about your work? How could our listeners find you and possibly work with you? Well, thank you. Thank you for asking. I am sexystronglife.com. That's where you can actually see what I do and get a feel for who I am. You can find me on Facebook. I just launched a, an incredible case study of a man with like 300 cholesterol who's now normal. So, you know, sleep apnea now normal. So there's a lot of healing inspiration going on out there on sexystronglife.com and sexystronglife on Facebook. But for cooking, for organic recipes, for motivation, that's really my first founding is Journey to Organic. And you can find that on Facebook and you can find on Instagram, Sherry Levy underscore Journey to Organic Recipes. So there's lots of ways to find me. And we're starting a new 90-day rejuvenation group where a group of women are going to come together for 90 days and really rejuvenate their bodies. We could think of it as detoxification, but I like to think of it as rebuilding. And then I'm also doing a speaker series called Empowered, where we're going to talk about these concepts. It's just six times starting in October, and we're going to break down and empower women to be their best advocates and their healing strength for their sexy, strong life. Uh, this was incredible. I am very inspired. I'm, I think I'm going to get off and text you when I could meet with you for that three-hour intake, because I'm just so grateful to have you in my life and in the Jewish world, where it's a gift. You are truly a gift and a blessing. And I just want to share one small thing. You know, this summer, it's been a bit of a hard summer for me on many levels. I think a lot of people have struggled over COVID, just a lot of new normals and realizations. And I was having a very hard conversation with my father. And I was a little bit like letting off some steam and telling him, you know, I think I was talking about my genetics and about, you know, why are certain things so difficult? And my father said, instead of focusing on the negative, because we all have negative things, he said, look at the other side. He said, your grandmothers, your grandfathers also, but in particular, my grandmothers were Holocaust survivors. They went through so much and they came through on the other side of the trauma and the pain with love and building and resilience and strength. He said, you could look at your negative genetics or you could choose to see what else is in your DNA. You have so much in you. And as Jewish people, wherever you're coming from, wherever our listeners are coming from, it doesn't matter because we're all children of these strong forefathers and foremothers, the trailblazers that have gone before us and walked this path of being a Jew in this world. We call it Zuchut Avot, the merit of our forefathers and foremothers. We have that strength and resilience. It's built into us. So we could do this. We could walk this path. We could gain our strength and our power and be empowered people making good choices for our lives. We really are incredibly strong people. And we should know that and own it and walk this path in front of us with that knowledge. Amen. 
And, you know, I love that you said that because it's true. It's just all right there in front of us. And you said it's easy. It is easy. We just have to do it. Wow. So amazing. Well, thank you, Sherry. I'm so looking forward to continuing our building our relationship. And maybe eventually we will get on Zoom together and make challah. I would love to do that. Part two. (laughs) Thank you, my sister. You should be well and you should be blessed and healthy. Thank you, Rakesham. What a blessing. Be well. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes and to learn more about the work that we do at Inspired Jewish Women, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.